Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Mike Tannenbaum still with us. Guys, we're going to get to the Jets in a second and what they should do this offseason. But Jay and Mike, I want to bring you into the conversation that Key and I were just having on DiPietro and Rothenberg. Um, uh, let me ask you the question Dave Rothenberg just asked us, okay? And we both answered in the negative, no. The answer to this question is no. It would be very clear for us. But I'll ask you guys, is Saquon Barkley a bust? God, the, the fact that we're even having this conversation is so stupid to me. That's just me. Go ahead, Mike. I'll yeah, let you I, take the floor. I, I'll go after you, please. I totally agree, Jay J- Will. Absolutely not. And I would keep him. And I would sign him because the day Saquon Barkley walks out of the building, you're trying to replace him. They average 80 yards more per game in the passing game when he plays. He's a foundational piece. Now, we could argue till the cows come home. Do you pay running back how much? And that's fair and all. But he's a great person with a high ceiling, and he is part of the solution. Bus are people that just – don't pan out to do anything. High draft picks that don't do anything. Darko Milicic. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't even, and I get that sometimes fans use this terminology because it's something that's low hanging fruit and it's part of their vernacular they used before. But these are the things that really drive me damn crazy as an athlete. I'm like, I'm not going to ever look at Saquon Barkley in his face and be like, yeah, you're a bust, Saquon. Like, no way, he's not a bust. I don't know how. It's not even a conversation. Key, I don't know how someone, I can't think of any other rookie, rookie, rookie. 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 15 touchdowns? Like, he balled out of control in the NFL. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, even man. think Marshall Falk or Edgerton Ed James. I'm just trying to think in my head some of the top backs that was out there. Maybe maybe Eric Dickerson, something like that Zeke? back in the day. Not even. 2,000 No, he, he, he certainly balled out. Everybody's circumstances are different depending on the surroundings, depending on the environment, the coaching staff. All of those sort of things. And people, from a fan's perspective, they throw around bust so loosely. You know, Kijana Carter was the number one overall pick at running back. He tore his knee up. Doesn't make him a bust. He just tore his knee up and never could regain anything. Doesn't make him a bust because he never got a chance Mm -hmm. to get off, to have people go, oh, well, he lost something. If you pass on Saquon Barkley, could you get a running back in the lower part of the draft that may – only rush for a thousand yards and another four hundred in the air. Yes, and will that help you win? Yes, but what if you pass on Saquon Barkley and he goes to the Washington Football Team, and now all of a sudden you're still watching him ten years <laughs> doing you in when you had a chance to get him? If you're con- if if you are convinced that that is the guy, Mike. You take him. And, and Key, there's countless examples of this, but let's just go to one that's going to be a Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. He's yes. a second-round pick of the then San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. They basically give up on him, draft Phillip Rivers, and then Phillip Rivers, you know, the rest is history. Brees gets hurt, goes on, has a Hall of Fame career. The worst thing to me, as you just said, Key, is he goes to Team X like a Sean Payton, like a real offensive-minded coach, and then he just, you know, because he – to me, he has talent and character. Like, he has ability, and you can tell how important it is. You can tell what his teammates think of him. He is a foundational piece. If you make the mistake of him walking out, like, who are you going to get to replace him? There are three rookies. I just looked it up. In the history of the NFL with over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, number one all-time is Eric Dickerson. Number two is Edron James. Oh. 
Number three is Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I had two of them, right? And by the way, Saquon had more yards per carry, five yards per carry as a rookie, than, than Dickerson, who had 4-6, or Edron James, who had 4-2. So, like, come on, oh, a, get bust, a bust. A bust. Let me, let me phrase it differently, okay? Are the Giants with Saquon the bust rather than Saquon with the Giants? See what I mean? That's so, like, let's take it. Saquon out of it. The Giants used the second overall pick to get him. The Giants implemented him in their offense. The Giants have built the team. Are the Giants with Saquon the bust? I would say, yeah. They, the, the Giants got to change up, though. He, he, whoever helped him put his staff together, they need to reevaluate <laughs> that. I don't know who helped him put his staff together. They need to reevaluate it. Yeah. Though. They yeah. seriously do. Hey, to Key's point, I've been a staunch defender of Joe Judge, but it was hard to watch on Sunday. I mean, it just looked like they were ill-prepared. It, look, if they go down there... No, who else I, is a staunch defender of Joe Judge? Every team who plays the Giants. Sorry, they have Mike Glennon throwing the ball 40-plus times. Like, seriously? Right. I guess a good defense on the road. Yeah. And look, coaches make mistakes. Sean McDermott is a good coach. He had a bad night at the office last night. Like, coaches are going to make mistakes, but that looked bad. And, Key, I totally agree, like... One of the great things about Bill Bill Belichick is he's a game plan specific coach. And Joe Judge has said, we're going to Miami. We're going to go six offensive linemen. We're going to go three tight ends. And if we run the ball for four yards or more, we're going to run it again. And to put Mike Glenn in that situation, to me, it just it, it seemed like Freddie Kitchens just kind of copy and pasted a game plan. You made a point that Sean McDermott had a bad night last night, but they were still in a position to win the game. Right, it was still 14 to 10. He still felt like, even though it wasn't the perfect performance scheme wise, I thought they should have run the ball more. I thought it should be more committed to the run. Even though they passed, Allen passes for 30 attempts, fine. But this is just different. I mean, I know the Dolphins are playing well, but he lose 20 to 9. And when Key talks about Mike Glennon getting 40 passing attempts, and you don't see the carry attempts for Saquon Barkley, a guy who's ready to go to be your bell cow. Those are bigger questions that you have about this. They team. had Mike Glennon dropping back 40 times, Mike like, and Mike Tannenbaum, as if they was had Matt Ryan or something. <laughs> last year, I know. Last year was a bigger indictment when you would see teams play the Giants and Daniel Jones was hobbled, right? And they would load the box because they knew they're just going to run the ball. And then they didn't even have Saquon. And the Giants would still run the ball right up the gut into loaded boxes, like without Saquon. It didn't make one, any sense. One thing I want to give. Uh, <laughs> what I, a great point, man. I want to give our own ESPN's Rex Ryan some credit for is when we worked together, Rex was a big proponent. And again, it was always interesting to hear him because everything was, was through the lens of a defensive coach. He's like, Mike, I want our backup quarterback to be oranges to our starting quarterback that's an apple. And the best example, we had a guy, Brad Smith, who was a college quarterback in Missouri, who was a kind of a jack-of-all-trades, Great, really did a great job for us. But he's like, as a defensive guy, when a backup comes in and they can do things that the starter can't, it's a great way to get through a game. And to Key's point, like putting Mike Glennon in those like very traditional passing situations with a substandard offensive line against a good Miami defense, especially front seven, to me, like, why not put somebody else back there that could create different wrinkles that maybe Miami's not prepared for? And that's what we saw last night. And again, why is Bill Belichick great? He went to the game last night and said, we're going to go six offensive linemen. We have a 260-pound fullback, and it's going to be physics. We got Damian Harrison. We got Damian Harris. We got Ramondre Stevenson, and we're going to move the line of scrimmage. 
and everybody in America knew that they were going to run the ball, including Buffalo, and Buffalo couldn't stop the it. Job calls for a wrench. He doesn't use a screwdriver. Like he had, he takes the right tool out of the toolbox for the job. Belichick, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. Mike Tannenbaum is with us, giving the Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. You brought up Rex Ryan. Okay, Mike T. Yesterday, Rex, who you know something about, said that this off season is the biggest in the, in the Jets. Jets are a football team here in New York. I don't know if you're acquainted with them. <laughs> biggest in Jets history. Then he said, here's what they need to do to fix it. John Itza gave me an enforcer-type guy, a safety, but wasn't a man-cover-type safety. It never fit. All right, they, they took a kid from Louisville or whatever. That wasn't a good fit. Everything he, he did was drafting to that Seattle Seahawks plan. He had an idea, and you know what? It might have worked if they had a Seattle Seahawks head coach, but it wasn't working for me. It was a dip, different style. So to me, they've got to get locked together, we, and, and, and when they do and see it the exact same way, they'll have a chance to hit. What do you think, Mike? Well, you know, Rex, it's always the biggest or the most. Like, you know, when, when we were together, like trading up for Mark Sanchez was the greatest day ever. In the You know, like that's, you know, you're going to get that with Rex. But some of his points do make sense, which is you do need fundamental alignment. You know, the concern, candidly, is – if the four of us were having this conversation in March, it doesn't matter if the Jets win two games this year, six or seven, but the defensive side of the ball has to get better. That's where the head coach mm-hmm. came from. He came with a great reputation, a lot of energy, mm-hmm. fresh voice. And to me, the concern is, you know, we just talked about the Giants, but the Jets are at home. They're playing a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew, and their defense, I, I don't know if any of us can say in good conscience that the December New York Jet defense is better than the August New York Jet defense. And that, to me, is the bigger concern. Well, that's a great well, point. What, what I would look to in terms of that, Mike, is only what, really what I know as a professional football player and a fake front office guy that I claim to be, um, is I look at coaches that go from one step to the next or one team to the next. When I look at Robert Sala coming over from San Francisco, his strength is the defensive side of the ball. But I didn't see him bring over any allies from the defensive side of the ball, any other stops that he's ever been. If it was Seattle, if wherever he's been. But I've seen other coaches, in particular Bill Belichick, Parcells, whatever the case may be, Tony Dungy, whoever, bring over guys that they have familiarity with. Or even Rex Ryan from Baltimore, as I told him yesterday, you overpaid Bart to come, you and Mike Tannenbaum. But he was able to be that locker room presence, that on-field presence that could teach everything about what it is that you're looking for. When you guys came to us in Tampa, I mean, in in, uh, New York, y'all brought in Anthony Pleasant. Anthony Pleasant played in Cleveland. Pepper Johnson, New York Giants, Cleveland. They brought in Carl Banks in the building. Like, you bring people over. Otis Smith was with them in New England. You bring people over Mm -hmm. so they can teach what it is to be a Bill, Pel- Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells type guy on and off the field. When I left, Bill Bill left, he came and got me in Dallas. Richie Anderson, Dietrich Ward. Then when Bill left to go back up to uh, 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 New England, Bobby Hamilton, Anthony Pleasant. But they didn't bring nobody with them from San Francisco. Now, one person on the defense came with him from San Francisco. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's a good question for Joe Judge. I mean, for Joe Douglas. But here's a question I would ask right back is this. 
maybe that you're get off to a slow start. Maybe you're trying to implement your defense. Shouldn't it have been better though? Like when we talk about like the Ashton Davises, the Quinn and Williams, the young nucleus of this defense, the concern I would have is they're not getting better. So key, I get that. Like, you want to have those guys, especially early in the year, to implement your culture, your yes, system. But, it, but it's not getting better. While, while you're managing everything for a team from a development perspective, like what kind of strategies have you seen where coaches have made their defenses better? Well, like go back to what he said. In 1997, Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells walked in the door. The, the Jets walked, won one game in 96. In 97, we won nine. In 98, we were in the championship game. And but for a handful per, of players. perfect example, Wade Phillips left Denver and came to LA to the Rams. He went and got to leave that won the Super Bowl. Like mm-hmm. it, it's that's what happens. It's like I need to get somebody in here that understands what it is that I'm trying to teach. And all the Jets did go try and sign Richard Sherman, but it didn't. He was like, No, nah, I want to go to a team so that's it's, better. So it's twofold. One is you need buy in from the team. And that starts with respected players in the locker room who say, hey, guys, come on, this is the way we do it. It ain't and even then the necessarily saying. You're just watching how they right, do things. Right, but, but the, by example or whatever it is. And the other is you need guys, th- those guys who have buy-in understand what it is you're trying to do. Now everyone not only understands it but buys into it they and can, you have a they team. They can teach the system. All of those sort. oh, I see what coach is trying to get me to do. He's trying to get me to do this, you know, or, or that. And, and it, it, it helps. Coaches, from, from what I think, all coaches do that that have had opportunities to be head coaches. They go get guys that they're familiar with on that side of the ball and bring them in. And remember what Rex said, the way he put it, which I thought was great, is guys who aren't going to let go of the rope. Because always during the course of a season, almost every team ever, there's going to be a time where it's not going so great. Do you have everyone holding on to the rope and pulling? And remember what he said, Mike T, about when he left the Jets and went to Buffalo. He didn't bring anybody with him on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. That that hurt him because that's who he is. That's who he is. He's a defensive coach. But but there's another way to address when the players let go of the rope. You let go of them. And one of the things like we've seen guys like right, we've I like seen, that. right, we've seen guys like Bill Belichick. He will cut anybody on any day, right? So yeah, they ruthless, Rob, right? That's right. But you need a little bit of that, right? No, I know. Sit, yeah, but and, don't you need to solidify yourself in that position before you can just be so ruthless? No, no. From day one, the standards are the standards. And man, like, if like, I told you some stories, you'd be oh. like, really? it just it just doesn't feel like Rob like Robert Sala has that type of like. This is the way I'm going to be doing it. Seems mm-hmm. like he's still trying to feel it out. More so than, hey, this is the way I'm coming in with my game plan. You got to find somebody. I can't say this on air, but I remember one of the meetings that we had team meet, and Bill Parcell said this. He said, I'm going to find somebody. And he found her, and it woke everybody up. And it was somebody you didn't think. It was like. Oh, he's good. He can still play. Did he really just cut Jay Will, like our starting point guard? Did he really just get this dude? It's like, yeah, he got him. Yeah, I'll, if we have time for a quick story, the the first meeting in 1997, Coach Parcells walks in and it's a book this big, and he's like, "Fellas, do you see this dossier?" Coach Parcells' father was a lawyer, so he used to use those words a little bit. He goes, "This dossier is the 1996 New York Jet injury report. If you're not in the off season program and you're not healthy, you won't be here." And then Bobby Houston, who was a oh, yeah, good, yeah. Bobby Houston yeah. was a good player. Yeah. Doesn't show up for the off-season program. He's like, yeah. this is perfect. What yeah. an opportunity. He cuts him. Cut him. He wow. cut him. Then, You're giving it to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wants you to not show up so yeah, you can exactly. cut you just so to make an slicety. example of so, you. So, Jay, well, the whole idea of, like, 
Bobby Houston let go of the rope, he let go of him. Mm. Oof, else, I like that. Everybody else grabbed the rope. It's a voluntary off-season program. Voluntary never means voluntary That's right. Yeah, Bill, yeah, Bill threatened me. He said it'd be the worst because I didn't want to come in the off-season. I'm like, man, I ain't coming off. Man, I want to go home. Said it'd be the worst mistake you've ever made in your career. <laughs> I, I had a few conversations with your esteemed representative about that key as well. Like, just so we're on the same page, it's in everyone's best interest, Mr. Stanley, that yeah. Keyshawn's here. It's exactly. a voluntary program. You either volunteer to be on the team or you don't, basically. Uh, speaking of the Jets' latest loss, guys, there is the other side of that game. The Eagles right. beat the Jets uh, with Gardner Minshew, who I think is an excellent backup. So, of course, Eagles fans are already starting a quarterback controversy, or at least some of the media are. Listen to John Kincaid, but also listen to his logic here on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm going to tell you, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata. I'm trying to think of Fletcher Cox. I'm trying to think of the guys on the Eagles who should be no discussion. We do not discuss their position. Those guys write their name in in Sharpie. Other than that, there's nobody on that Eagles team for the most part that we should be like, we cannot discuss whether this guy is the starter. I I, I know one thing, no matter what you want to say about Jalen Hurts, he most certainly hasn't earned that status. No questions asked. What a pause. (laughs) I I would say uh, there's a few people other than those guys that he named. You're not touching Devontae Smith. So let's just chill out. And this is Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia Eagle fans – Sports talk, radio, news columnists, all that. They overreact to everything. The second quarterback, the third quarterback in Philadelphia Eagles teams and rosters are always the top dogs because they win one or two games. You can go all the way back, Mike, you know this, whether it's Kevin Cobb, whether it's A.J. Feely, whether it's 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 Michael Vick, uh, uh, Nick Foles who won the Super Bowl, any of the Detmers, Jeff Garcia, any of these dudes. They always want them to take over and be the starter. Gardner Minshew won one game against the damn Jets, man. Slow down. But Now, Mike. Yeah, don't stop Jalen Hurts' progress. Mike, I, I hear that. But all I hear Kincaid saying here is, look, here are some dudes, and he may have missed one or two. I'm not even going to talk about them. He's just saying, like, look, we can't talk about Jalen Hurts. I think you can talk about him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, to me – the more depth you have at the position, the better. And Jalen Hurts, I would say, was encouraging, but far from perfect. He led the NFL in interceptions with four on passes that traveled 20 yards or more down the field. So I like some of the things he was doing, but he he's not a fully formed quarterback. And I am encouraged by Gardner Minshew. He makes a great point. The context is it's one game, so let's see. But Philadelphia is a really unique place. I mean, just think about this whole Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Like, that was like a three-year debate and, you know, they won a Super Bowl. Like, like the, the the lead was very – they won the championship. And one thing I give Philadelphia credit for that, again, not just to beat up coaches today, but, like, <laughs> Ur, Urban Meyer. Like, what a massive mistake he made. Like, Gardner Minshew is a good backup. You have Trevor Lawrence who is struggling. Gardner Minshew would have been a great guy to have in your program. Why would you give him away for a six-round pick? Credit Philadelphia. Whether Gardner Minshew starts or not, and mm. he might, but we don't know, he's a great player to have – in your building as a quality backup, he may be not top 32. He's certainly top 40 in the in the league. And if I was Jacksonville and I'm building a program, why would you let that guy leave your building? Well, see, one of the reasons I don't like what Philadelphia, the Sports Talk Radio and all the different fans are saying is because you now put doubt 
in Jalen Hurts' mind, and that is go. the wrong thing to do. Well, Key, there's also there's a little bit of a history of it. I mean, not over recent history, but Ben Simmons situation, a little doubt. I know it's different, right, to a degree, but I think there's a lot of that. And now the question is for Jalen Hurts, you just have to keep your head down and do what you do at a very high level. Because he's still – nothing's – I don't think Jalen even – thinks that anything's been given to him, Mike. Yeah. I still think he needs – he understands he needs to go out there and take it because of how Gardner has played, which I think competition is hey, good. Guys, guys, uh, Hembo from, from uh, Greeny and from Get Up tweeted yesterday, the Eagles traded a sixth-round pick to the Jaguars for Gardner Minshew. The Eagles traded Joe Flacco to the Jets for a sixth-round pick. Gardner Minshew beat the Jets – Difference between a smart team and a stupid team. That's it's blunt, but uh, wow. he makes a point. He seems to make a fair point. So the Jets should have traded for Gardner Minshew as a backup quarterback. I, I they you're, didn't even have to trade see, anything but, for him. But Gardner Minshew, you don't. But see, you don't. You just. Uh, I don't. I don't like the doubt. I don't like the the to to confuse the mind of a young quarterback by inserting a guy in. That's a stopgap type player. Now this young quarterback who's trying to show progress, but you got people making just noise. good but, enough for Kincaid to say, "Hey, can we but, talk about this?" But Key, I agree with Jay Will from this standpoint. Like Jalen Hurts has scar tissue going back to Alabama, where he had to compete with Tua. To his credit, he goes yeah. to Oklahoma and does well. So I think he has. Like if I was with the Eagles, oh, like you got one, big shoulders. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm encouraged by. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Jalen, like this is Alabama again. Like best players are going to play. Like. Hopefully you'll be here. You want to like I, I think he's more of a guy that comes in with some scar tissue that can handle it. And one other thing, like Nick Sirianni deserve credit guys. Like they went from throwing the ball on every single play to being much more balanced now. They have two great tackles in Jordan Mulata and uh Lane Johnson, and they run the ball. Jalen Hurts looks like like to me, their situation with both Hurts and Minshew and that coach is in a much better situation than where the Jets are and both Sirianni and Salah are rookie head coaches. Yeah, Mylotta would never get consideration, but when people throw out Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, if we talk about non-quarterback MVP type guys, Mylotta's been an animal this year. Uh, and I totally agree. They're running it better, and since they started doing that, um, uh, Mike T, they've, they've been better with Jalen Hurts. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance, offering coverage options as unique as your business. Progressive covers companies of many sizes and specialties. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So um, what happens when the best player threatens to boycott the national championship game? Coming up, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. So we welcome in now Uzo Aduba, an actress from the National Champions movie in theaters Friday, two-time Emmy Award winner for Orange is the New Black. Yes, she plays Catherine, a, a fixer hired to use whatever means necessary to get LaMarcus James, it's played by Stephen James, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback who incites a player strike three days before the National Championship. Back in the game, Uzo, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So um, obviously our audience cares about this movie because it could really happen in real life. What was it like making the film? It was exciting, you know. Um, I think the story is really timely. You know, obviously these are conversations that are happening. This is something like you already have said that could happen in real life. Um, so it was exciting to watch this story unfold and play out and see where the chips were going to fall in the end um, and to be able to be a part of it and try to uh, somehow affect the two opposing sides um, was, it was fun. It was, it was, it was exciting. How much did you know about college football name, image and likeness before you decide to grab this role? I knew, um, enough about it um so when i was in school i ran um division one track and field in college myself um so i was familiar with uh the ways in which um sports and um uh, image and likeness and endorsements and all of these things play a part when it comes to ncaa regulations um so I, I I had uh a knowledge uh of that of that experience from obviously not the football side but the track side. Uzo, I gotta tell you, big fan of you. Um watch you in Orange is New Black and obviously you got a chance to work with my good friend Basil on this project. Uh it's an incredible project and yeah. you also had some pretty interesting characters that acted in Russell Wilson and Malcolm Jenkins and Carl Anthony Towns who I've known with the yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves for a while. Anybody jump off the page to you about their acting skills out of those three names I just mentioned? I, well, I think, you know, I think the best storytellers and the best um, stories come from the heart. And all of those gentlemen obviously are from the athletic world, from the sports world, football world, you know, so they understand culture um, in a very deeply personal way. So, um, I think they were able to bring that heart, that passion, and that fire to their work um, that authentically, you know, um, just simply because that's, they live it and have lived it every day. Growing up in Boston, uh, did you get a chance to pay attention to this Mac Jones game last night against the Bills? And what are your thoughts on the Pats in general? My thoughts, I did not get to watch the game last night because I was sleeping so that I'd be well-rested to talk to you fine gentlemen. <laughs> um, but my thoughts on the past in general, I mean, I'm New England, born and bred. Um, I'm proud New England, will always be proud New England. Um, uh, have been sad to see some of our players come and go, um, but I, you know, support my team wholeheartedly. So the the big player who didn't come but go the guy who left 
was uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah was Tom Brady. And here's yeah. the question: After 20 years of balling out and winning all those championships, Tom Brady and the Bucks play the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. So, who are you rooting for? Uh, I think that is, listen, I didn't get this role of playing Catherine Poe for no reason. (laughs) I will choose to diplomatically um, offer, (laughs) bow out of that question. Listen, listen, you know what? I have pride and deep love and respect for Tom Brady as an athlete, as a man for all that he did, has done for the sport, continues to do um, impressively. Um, and has done for seasons uh, with the Patriots. I think it was the five rings we had with Tom. Off the top of my head, I'm counting. Six. Uh, Six. So many. So many, you know. (laughs) um, And he's a leader and a champion and a legacy player for the rest of his life, you know. Um, And so I think a matchup um, would be one that I would just be – I, I feel like a winner either way. Hmm. National Champions movie comes out in theaters this Friday. Uzo, I, understanding the complexities of the script, uh, what did you find to be some of the most challenging aspects of if this were to occur in real life for a player to take a stand and adamantly believe that they aren't receiving their value or their worth and sacrificing the biggest stage in order to do so? Yeah, you know, I think that's what the film really is about. What is your legacy, you know? And I think it challenges all of the players at hand to go beyond the sport of football. It's bigger than the game, you know, which we dig into, that it's not just um, about what you do on the field, but it's about also how you, what your name carries after you've, you've left um, the pitch. And so, like, I think... Um, we get to see each of these characters, whether it's coach or player or administrators, um, really be challenged with that question um, and being forced to determine where, what it, where they're, where they really want their names to lie. And um, I also think it, it also digs into this idea of what it takes what does it take to win? Um, and um, I think that the film itself is, it, it's confronting a lot of conversations that are being had, as we know, um, currently. And I think it's great. I think it's exciting. And what good art is meant to do, disrupt. Uzo Aduba, you know her from <clears throat> Orange is the New Black. The movie is National Champions movie in theaters Friday. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Uzo. Thanks a lot. It is interesting. Like That's a moment of leverage right before the national championship game where if the Heisman Trophy type quarterback who's going to play in that game decided, you know what? Maybe I won't. Maybe a bunch of people I know won't. That would be an enormous position of leverage. And in terms of legacy, guys, Kurt Flood was a three-time All-Star, five or six-time Gold Glove winner, great player. And a lot of guys, as good or better than Kurt Flood, are not remembered. Kurt mm-hmm. Flood is remembered. Talk mm-hmm. about legacy. He sacrificed his career on the altar of free agency for the mm-hmm. players. 
College basketball is back. Tune in tonight for the Jimmy V Classic as Texas Tech takes on Tennessee, followed by Villanova battling Syracuse. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Two words to describe last Monday night's, that's last night's Monday night football game. Just don't say embarrassing. We'll explain why. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers download the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. We are asking on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Describe last night's Monday night football game in two words. You know, freaking cold or, you know, whatever. Speaking of words, we do speak of words. Don't use the word embarrassing to describe the Bills as one reporter learned. Here is, well, and and just so you hear it, the question that's being asked, and then you can hear the audio, is they're talking about they lost a game where their opponent completed. Yeah, the question was asked about you you lost to a team that only completed two passes. Does that embarrass you? So listen to Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde's answer. I mean, what kind of question? What are we doing, bro? What kind of question is that? (laughs) I think we. I think we gave up seven points. Yeah, fourteen. Fourteen to fourteen. Fourteen to ten. Is that the final score? We made stops when we had to. They had one big run. I mean, they got good backs. They. um, They kept coming back to a couple runs. I mean, I don't know how you want us to answer that question. That's funny. Well, I, we'll remember that. I'll remember that. You know, this loss, yeah, it sucks. They, uh, it's a good football team that we lost to today, and, you know, we'll, we'll figure out a way to bounce back. Thanks. 
this, this goes in this respect. It's all about respect. I come here every single week and I answer your questions truthfully, honestly. I appreciate you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's respect. It's all about respect. You heard it in the background. Hyde said as he was leaving the room, I come here every single week and I answer your questions truthfully, honestly. I appreciate you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. He got triggered by the word embarrassed. I mean. Well, I mean, look, I I understand what the reporter was asking them based on the hype behind their defense at the start of the year. They were supposed to be this vaunted defense, right? They're supposed to be the, 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 the Bruce Smith defenses of Buffalo. And that here we are, we've seen them now in three games that I can remember between Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and now the New England Patriots have their way on that specific game plan. And that game plan was such that they were going to run down their throat and they were not going to stop it. It's one thing to get tricked. It's another thing to know what's coming and you just can't stop it. And you're supposed to be this defense. And I'm sure that reporter's been covering the team for quite some time mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's hearing about it. But he asked Sean McDermott the same question. He, he, you know, and I don't know what exactly what McDermott's answer was to that, but they're mad and they, they know they got embarrassed. They may not want to call it that, but they got embarrassed. You know, I, I get that players are emotional. I've been emotional at, at pressers. But the reality is, just like he said, you know, when you're stacking the box, and they're just punching you in the mouth time after time after time after time again. I mean, it doesn't take a reporter to tell you where it is. You know exactly where it is. You just don't want to answer the question. Mm. Uh, and you're, you're, it's kind of like an inadvertent, like I'm taking my anger out of you, even though the anger is really channeled at our team and what we need to do. But this is a team that people expected to win a Super Bowl. You know, you're supposed to have an advantage playing up at that stadium up there. Like that, there was no advantage for the Bills last night. It's, it's entertaining, the interaction, for, for like just the consumer like consumption, right? Like It's entertaining to hear. But if you ask an open-ended question, like ideally you say, how are you feeling about, and then you lay out the facts, the fact that this, this, and this happened, you may get embarrassed or you may get another answer. You may get, you know, like, because the players say, can assert their own word. But you do like Coach Sean McDermott said. Every time we lose, that was his, his answer to the question. Every time we lose, I get embarrassed. Yep. I feel embarrassed. Yeah. Maybe the player should say, you know what, man, that, that was embarrassing because they know where in the hell we're supposed to give up them type of yards to doing those things. Now and, you're saying that, Key, you know what? The you know, real reason they got, why would they get tricked? Because they do feel embarrassed. Well, yeah. That's yeah, why exactly. it's a trigger. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so and it was like, I just got a text from a coach, right? Coach that I know. I ain't going to mention his name. He goes, Belichick is not a genius. He is anti-genius. Guys like, and he talked about a couple other coaches, I won't mention their name. Those are geniuses. Belichick simply picked his fight. He knew he could beat the Buffalo Bills, but had no chance against Mother Nature. Real simple. The Bills coach is a genius or guru or whatever you want to call him. Laugh out loud. Yeah, we get it. (laughs) We get it. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. Yeah. You said that's that. Genius. I didn't say that. But that's genius within yeah. itself, right? Yeah, I agree. Less is more. But, but everybody always touting these coaches as geniuses and this, that, and the other. Bill looked up and said, It's 40, uh, 40 uh, miles an hour. Let, let me see where that leaf is going. Oh, okay. We're going to go that way. I think we'll run the ball. And then All the right. savage part is what he says in the radio interview afterwards, where, where I forget who the woman was, but she's like, Hey, so what? 
what will you what have you seen in this game that then you could you know approach in the scouting report for three weeks from now? He's like, well, they haven't seen us throw the ball. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Doing well. How are you this morning? Yeah, a little. Bill, since the weather made it such a wild game, will you be able to take anything from that uh, to use film wise when you go to prepare for them at the end of the month? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that last night. We can we can use our whole passing game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all the past plays that we have, they haven't seen. So <laughs> we can use all of them next time we play them. But that game plan has already been made. So still, so they've already feeling rundown. They've already, <laughs> but good, put the game plan together for the time that they're gonna play them. Uh, two, three weeks from now, and they'll tweak a little bit of stuff. They'll take whatever Tampa is successful against them with, make a little adjustments here. The other team make a little adjustments there. Game plan's already in. Let's go. Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. Two words to describe last night's game, Brian, in North Carolina. Or not. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. That's good. Bill Belichick is good. Those are two words. It it qualifies. CJ in Tennessee, two words. Buffalo blows. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Well, the wind certainly did. And, uh... Buffalo was not very good. Kevin in Brooklyn. Tackling. Blocking and tackling is three words. Blocking, tackling. Blocking, tackling. Hmm. Well, block it is. We said two words. Yeah. I guess he could say blocking is one word and tackling is the second word. Dennis back. Dennis in Delaware. Running and back. Dennis in Delaware. Bills. Run over. Bills run over. I think that's three. That's three words. That's three yeah. words. We're having the assignment. <laughs> run over is one word. Y'all didn't understand the assignment. Yeah, is run over one word? Run, run over, over, I guess. Run over. He just made it past tense. Run it was oh, Bills. Okay. Run over. Run over. Yeah. Hmm. Run over. So that's not a word. See, we've given, <laughs> yeah. we've given a very straightforward assignment. Two words. ran over. Yeah, ran over. Ran, ran over. Ran over, over, over Evan. Yeah, run over. Done. Next. No, but ran over is two words. Ran, run over. I'm just but, translating what Dennis and Delaware said. But run over <laughs> is not. Accurate. Don't attack me. I'm just yeah. translating. We got three words. Not. We got fake words. Just two words, everybody. <laughs> Every Very now, windy. Every now and then, I'm the Buffalo my English, Bills. But I ain't that bad. Run Did they over. just give Bill Belichick bulletin board material? Coming up, Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.